Welcome, everyone. Any of you here <clears throat> for the very first time? Show of hands, please, so I can see it. The only one. No, two. Okay. Three? Of course, welcome. How many are, but the two of you who are uh, new here, the three of you, are you very new to the practice or have you done practice elsewhere? It helps me. You can say something. You've practiced before. Yourself? Same? And there was a third person, or am I mistaken? Okay, great. The way I was trained by... Uh, many, many years ago by a Korean Zen master. He wouldn't allow me to have notes. I was an ex-college professor and knew a lot about notes. Uh, and he said, no, you have to be just like a jazz musician. You get a theme and then just blow. <laughs> so tonight there's a speaker, presumably me, there's a microphone, and there's a theme. But is there anything to say? I don't know. Some find out. It wasn't the original subject that I selected to. In other words, I wanted to play a different tune, something just about basic practice. But we'll get to that anyway, because that's really what this place is about. Uh, <clears throat> but so much has been going on that uh, it was suggested that we make it very, very clear uh, that we deal with what's on a lot of people's minds uh, and hearts. So there's a lot of um, turmoil, anxiety, fear, anger. And, you know, I think we all know what I'm talking about, but I'd like to put it in a larger frame than just this recent election. By the way, if any of you voted for the unmentionable name, because I, uh, you're just as welcome. Uh, but don't tell anyone what you, <laughs> if you want to get out of here alive. <laughs> so pretend that you voted for the, the woman candidate. I'd like to just very, very briefly put a, a, a large frame around what uh, the, the facing a world in crisis. Who's, who's facing it? Each one of us in our own way. World. What world? Your world. And what's the crisis? And then the subtitle is uh, self-awareness or could be self-knowing. It's not thinking about. It's clear, direct seeing. That's the essence of Vipassana meditation. Um, it's uh, seeing that world that, that we're part of. And so um, I'd like to put a larger frame around things, just briefly, before we narrow it down and turn it about, turn the, the theme on and, and what, what I have some to say, and I hope I can uh, help you say, uh, stay on course as well. Uh, 
this is a place of meditation practice. So there's so much that can be talked about. We can endlessly go on, not just the uh, results of the election, but the state of the, uh, the world, the planet, and so forth. And um, this is, in meditation places like this, sometimes in Asia, are called temples. But when, this isn't really a temple. They were also, in ancient times, it was also uh, called a school. You might see it when you write it. There are certain schools of practice. This is a school, but what is it we're learning? Uh, what we've set ourselves up for is learning how to live. That's what wisdom and compassion are about, learning how to live. Well, don't we know, already know how to do that? I don't think we'd be here if we did. Honestly, don't. So that we wouldn't need places like this. Uh, but there's always been sorrow in the world. There's always been trouble. Uh, but now we've reached a point where technological brilliance, scientific and technological brilliance, the technology that comes out of such extraordinary uh, brilliance has so overshadowed goodness or wisdom and compassion that it's dwarfing things and that now there's the, the danger of uh, we're endangering this planet itself, our home. Uh, so we're so brilliant there are people who we've split the atom, gone to the moon but if our hearts are not developed if our hearts are not really don't keep pace with that we, we've created monsters because um, as we can see what it, we are, we're a global family whether we like it or not so we're in each other's face now with all the technology, literally, but much of it is through computers, but we're in, even physically, but inwardly, psychically, are we? In other words, we haven't learned how to live. We haven't learned how to live together. So we have all kinds of extraordinary technology that's possible. Not possible, we're doing it. It's way past when I was growing up. This is beyond science fiction, some of the things we see happening. Uh, and We've seemed to be, we seem to be more excited about uh, Apple 7, 8, 9, 25, uh, some iPhone that gives you a bath and uh, <laughs> uh, feeds you and uh, I don't know what, uh, sex, I don't know, it must do, it eventually will do everything. Uh, that's what we get excited about. And if you're here, I assume that what I've just mentioned is not news to you. You understand, it's not that technology or, and science, which are extraordinary achievements of human beings, not that that's, in quotes, bad, of course not, but uh, unless it's balanced with wisdom, uh, that we're in danger. And what we're in danger now is destroying the planet itself. So um, what to do? So the problem is way beyond just this recent election and some of the things that many of us don't like. Look, I do have political views, of course, I'm human, but um, this is about human liberation, a meditation center, Cambridge Insight Meditation Center. It's a school helping us all to learn how to live and how to live wisely and kindly. That's what all Buddhist meditation, real meditation centers and monasteries should be about.
very often over the centuries many have gotten lost in ritual ceremony and there's very little wisdom and compassion I've lived in places like this some of you have as well but there are still some places that are alive and well that keep their eye on what is important which is inner flowering for human beings to flower inwardly um So what to do? Uh, Facing a world, so the person facing that world is us. And each of us has a world. But, um, and that world is in crisis. But you know, suffering has always gone on. Uh, If you you read, uh, if you read the the suttas, the teachings of the Buddha, uh, or go way beyond that in, in all spiritual teachings that are a thousand years ahead of the Buddha humans being, human beings have always suffered that's why religions or, or wisdom teachings spring up otherwise why do we need them they come up in, to answer the fact that we humans know how to we create a lot of suffering we don't seem to know how to live together very well the difference now is that the stakes have become much higher and that the very life the quality of life among us, and the planet itself is at stake. And so there's an urgency to self-awareness. Now, when I first came back from Asia, I, I was a professor for a number of years. And, I, I, and it's, if you are in the academic world, by all means, stay there. It's a wonderful life. There are good things that can be done. Whatever you're doing, if you love your work, it's great. It's just that more is needed in addition. Uh, The illusion was that the more knowledge we would have, the better off we'd be. The greater science science would fix everything. That was in the 50s. We've since learned that science, unaccompanied by wisdom and compassion, is actually quite dangerous. Scientists now are not necessarily Einstein, just prior to his death, bemoaned the fact that there was not a, how did he put it, Some, this is a paraphrase, there was no, everyone was just uh, getting specific research projects that w- gave, gave them fame or and or money, said, and there was, many scientists, not all, have lost a sense of wonder, is how he put it. Uh, real meditation is regaining that sense of wonder, opening up to yourself. It's starting right where you are with however you are here. And I don't know most of you. And some of you are young. I'm 84, so you look very young. So you can call me Gramps if you want to. (laughs) Um, But uh, you wouldn't be here unless you had some sense that there's a lot at stake. So there's an urgency involved. And I would say the urgency, what we do here is not the, the answer to the entire puzzle. In other words, uh, all kinds of things need to be done in the pl- on the planet. Uh, and up until now, we have felt that if we change structurally improve things, uh, socio-politically, economically, um, that everything will be okay. Uh, and, and all kinds of physical comforts and uh, hygienic developments. But what we haven't put any emphasis on, we're not brought up. I certainly wasn't. Well, no, a little bit. I did get some. 
but it put me at odds with the school system, frankly. My father said there's nothing more important than wisdom. He didn't define wisdom the way we do, but he was, at least as a child, I was read wisdom tales uh, from Russia, but they were, I think they're called Aesop's Fables, and here they're, they're just wisdom stories, you know, a frog and a and a and a goat and an elephant and a, you know they are all pulling in different directions and how do they get the wagon out of the mud you know and I would struggle with it and uh, anyway uh, but it took me a long time to learn that knowledge in and of itself um, isn't enough that what it needs to develop alongside of it. So it's not to give up what you're doing, if you love what you're doing, but to understand that inner work, inner development, is not a luxury. Often, uh, because we're going to talk about self-awareness in action, and a lot of people now, especially a younger generation, I don't know it up, up, you know, up close, but what I hear and what I observe is that you know a lot of what I'm talking about and you want to do something about it. And by all means, work on, uh, for example, nutrition is a nightmare, what we are being told to eat. And, but the people, there's a science of nutrition that's unveiling all the ways in which uh, what we've been taught about food has been to make money. It has nothing to do with human health, or very little. And on and on it goes. So if you want to get involved with ecology, if you want to get involved in politics, well, you, there's so much to do. And we all have different affinities and different tendencies. So whichever one you pick is fine. But if you don't have inner development accompanying it, we'll just make the same mess we all have. Look, uh, the early Marxists, if you read some of the, the literature, they were so idealistic. They wanted a great society. I don't mean Soviet Union. Uh, and they felt if they changed the structure and equality and uh, to, you know, the, the whole communist manif manifesto, that the world would change. But if you change the outer conditions of life without changing the inner human being, the heart is the consciousness. It's not either or, really. But uh, you, you can't, the outer can, influences the inner. But the inner finally, and this is something we have not been brought up to believe or to know. And if you stay with this meditation practice, some of you, well, most of you have, uh, a lot of it is, is getting to know yourself. Well, isn't that kind of uh, self-preoccupation, narcissistic, vain? Get to know myself. When I grew up, it was considered that. Uh, it isn't because if you don't get to know yourself, what, that level of ignorance is what you bring to everyone else in your life. So that even if you're doing so-called good works, if the intentions and the motivations internally don't go along with it, are not from a, don't come from the right place, eventually it goes wrong. And so the best intentions go wrong again and again, generation after generation after generation. So it's not... And I must say that there have been problems on the side of the so, uh, people, action, people who want to improve life, who've looked down on inner work. This is historically for thousands of years. Now I'm not just talking about Buddha Dharma. I don't want to neglect you guys, but I don't have a, uh, sw a swivel that, you know, <laughs> just a human neck. 
So, senior citizen mind is 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 arising. Where did I leave off? Okay. Yes. Uh, those who are activists who want to do something good in the world, and but the uh, the so-called contemplatives also looked frowned upon. I I went through all these stages. I, I can remember when I was when I first discovered meditation, and I I dropped out of the university. I so and I just looked down and what do all these people just you know busying accumulating this and buying that and getting this. This is what everyone should be doing. The entire planet should be in meditation. Uh, of course, it's not that. So there's been um, claiming territory for each one, and it hasn't worked because it's not as it isn't to be divided. It's not to be divorced. Uh, it's one world, one life. So what's going, what we call inner and what we call outer, are just words we've made up. We're structuring it so it feels that way. It's very convincing. But what we've neglected is the inner. And the, it turns out, and this is, you don't have to believe what I'm saying. I hope you don't, because it's for you to test. The inner is much more powerful than the outer, much more powerful. Whatever you want to talk about. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't learn law or science or whatever it is, or whatever it is you love to do. Those are outer skills where knowledge is accumulated. But wisdom knowledge, that at least that the Buddha is talking about, finally, the real vipassana is see, clear seeing that is free of the past. It's free of conditioning. Because what is the past? It's what we've been brought up to over and over, one generation after, with slight modifications from one generation to the next. Uh, and clear seeing, vipassana means insightful seeing, profound seeing, deep seeing, to calm the mind so it's fit to see into itself and to what it inwardly and outwardly, um, that requires um, training and understand. You have to really want to do it. And we've not been brought up to feel that that has any value. So why would we do it? A few oddballs just, you know, uh, I don't think I was one of the first. The earlier generations who ran off to India and just was sitting. And, but they were also misfits, terrible and they couldn't they couldn't fit in anywhere, so they just run off and go to a monastery. Now, when you go to really good monasteries, and there are some in Asia and now even here, there are people who understand all of this. But if we create a compartmentalization where just some people just do inner work and some people do outer work, that's not what's what is being suggested this evening. In fact, Cambridge Insight Meditation Center is set up to undermine, to dissolve that uh, seeming split to, to, because it's an artificial split. Now, the contemplation is important. Each one will, will go according to our, our, our affinities. Some of us love to sit and love to do a lot of that and go on lots, do lots of retreats. Others don't. The key thing is the awareness and the interest in learning. Now, I... I think that some degree of learning how to sit by yourself in silence and to have that wonderful opportunity to have nothing else to do but to allow yourself to just be whatever you are in that moment and get to know that, I think that's essential. Some people will do a lot of that, 
but then they don't get to know how they behave with other people. That doesn't work. That's, the whole, that's what I'm trying to say. You can go, I, I've uh, spent time, I, I spent a lot of time in, in seclusion, doing lots of long med term meditation, and I've gotten to places of extraordinary peace on retreats before, and then I'd come off retreats four months, five months, came back from Korea after a year, and I've just figured, well, I'm, if I'm not enlightened, I'm pretty close to it. And then all I have to do is get online in a, in a let's say, Whole Foods, and somebody, <laughs> somebody in the last minute uh, decides, oh, I'm not going to pay by, can I pay by check? You know, and suddenly, <laughs> a year in Korea eating, eating food that doesn't agree with me, freezing, you know, down the tubes. <laughs> just, I just, I'm the same jerk. I can get it, I know how to, I can do tech, bring techniques in and calm myself. Well, do it then. Do it so that you're in a position to learn. Learning is a central, essential part of this. A very great Japanese master put it, named Dogen, uh, beautifully, just beautifully put it, what is uh, to study Buddha Dharma or to learn about Buddha Dharma is to study or to learn about yourself. To study and to learn about yourself is to forget yourself. What? Why would you? Is, is that some kind of amnesia? No, no. Uh, what we don't know is we have, all of us, everyone sitting in this hall, we all have an inner richness that is not tapped because we're, in a sense, trying to improve the, like little water bugs, you know, at the surface of, of the, improve this, fix that, fix this. Sandpaper this a little bit more polished, a little bit more polite, kinder, open doors for you know for the elderly, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it can turn out good people. Some people are very good, but they're not free. This is about inner freedom. The real goodness flows from freedom, but the freedom is not screaming from rooftops or anything of that sort. It's see as you get to know yourself. You see through the notions that you have about yourself, which are just notions. They're just pictures in the head or words in the head about who you are. They've been given to us. You grow up, you're born without these notions and self-labels. Self and suddenly people look at you and say, oh, isn't he a cute little guy? A little slow, but uh, well, maybe if he goes to school long enough, he'll uh, correct himself. Oh, he's a little bit, oh, look at that, he's kind of selfish. And people start t looking, looking at you and telling you who you are. Little by little, you build up a picture, and then you go here, you go there, you get a job, you meet, you get married. And so we have a whole sense of who we are. It's a fiction. Or you could say it's true, but it's not, it's not really true. It seems to be true. It has a certain uh, convincingness. And some of it is so strong that we'll kill over it, over what we think the personal identity, what our personal identity is. So a lot of what we, our meditation practice here, to put it simply, to me it is, is, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's not complicated. We have lots of techniques and methods, and find what, find what helps with you. For me, after going through many of them, it's been very simple. Just, first of all, learn how to calm the mind so that the mind is fit to look into itself. And... I use breathing, just a natural, simple breathing. Uh, it's, not, uh, it doesn't, it's not imported from Asia. 
if you breathe, you, you know, you know, it's not copyrighted. There's, you know, it's just here. You can, if you know how to breathe, you're already off to a good start. And now just instead of, but we've been, we only notice it when we get sick or when someone knocks the wind out of us or something. Uh, so for me, that method has is, is helped me to calm the mind so it's steady enough to then look and learn. Look into what? Internally, to see, understand what my mind is doing, and only you can do it. No teacher can free you. If you think that I, I or other people or people who have fancier titles, I mean, I just have these pants and this, I'm just a lay person, I don't even have robes or anything. I mean, if you want to go to Tibetans, have nice outfits, you know. <laughs> Zen, good outfits. <laughs> You know, uh, whatever helps, and if those if those robes help, but often do, they feed delusion. Or is you're expecting that somebody else who knows, and there is some help that is offered that is good, but I don't trust, this is just from experience, if I'm wrong, excuse me, my experience having given myself over to, to, to serve, is that the good, the good people called masters that I've worked with help me understand that they can help me really, finally, ultimately. They can help me develop certain uh, techniques. They can point out certain ways in which my life is confused and the ways in which what I'm doing is causing uh, the very suffering that I don't understand why it's here and I'm causing it. And if you see cause and effect, so it's very akin to science. And there are many people who are at home in the modern world are drawn to this approach. And so it's calming the mind so it can see, and the seeing is accompanied by an interest in learning. But, and we all have been, many of us, probably everyone in this room has been encouraged to learn a bit. You've been learned, certainly to learn knowledge and learn all kinds of technical skills, school and so forth. But to learn about yourself, uh, to, to study the, the self is to forget the self. We, I don't think that has any cash value, has it? Did you grow up and you say, Larry, uh, I want you to spend some time understanding yourself. It was rather, what were your grades? <laughs> Did you get just the, you know, whatever the grades were? I don't want to show off. <laughs> no, my mother told me, don't let anyone see your grades because they'll just be envious and then you'll make problems. <laughs> now, I can't get rid of that tendency. I've been trying, but my mother, may she rest in peace. You're supposed to say that. <laughs> okay, where are we? Um, so there's a, a, a learning that is uh, is internal, but it's also you watch the, the, you watch the fruit of your action. It's not just dwelling inside. There's a time to set aside, and it's useful to do that at home and here. This is set up to help us all do it, the company of fellow meditators. Of course, that helps. But finally, if you can only sit by rounding up a crowd, it's pretty limited. And there's some people who can only sit alone. That's pretty limited. So uh, the real issue is not whether there are a lot of people or no people. It's are you able to attend to what's coming up in you and... Relationship is a very fertile and rich, I mean, personal relationship, because that's where we're, we're deficient. 
if we go back to the earlier remarks that I men mentioned, we're, you know, we've split the atom. We can got, got the, and some of the, the technology now, the, uh, it's extraordinary. I don't have words for it. Um, but what about inner work? Have we, in other words, so learning is, uh, we've, we have identified learning with something you get from books or from teachers, uh, uh, from science laboratories, whatever, you know, if you're in medicine, other. Uh, the learning I'm talking about is you're both the teacher finally and the student. You're paying, as you live, can you, as you live, be interested in the consequences of how you live? the effects that you have on others and what it produces. And you begin to, that kind of learning is called wisdom. Learning how to live implies, and the Buddha says it in much nicer language than I could, is that human race, we don't, you don't know how to live. And that's why there's so much suffering. Okay, so now let's come back to, um, and so we have our practice I would say awareness is finally the, is the final this capacity to see non-reactive attention, non-reactive, or you're not for or against what you're attending to. You're just seeing it. Finally, that's it. Now at the beginning, and that can be years, you learn how to do this, and then the mind is also accompanying you, putting subtitles, like in, you know, in a foreign film. You know, you see, oh, the, the, the mind becomes silent. And, oh, you're, then there's a little subtitle. Oh, you're very silent now. <laughs> yeah, I would be if you'd shut up. <laughs> but you is talking to you. You're, you're both the teacher and the student. And then there are external teachers, like myself. We're encouraging you to do that. And um, personally, I, you know, and the Buddha a little early before dying said be a lamp unto yourself I mean he, I think he meant it you, this help this, the community can help there are all kinds of other people more experienced who can help but finally your responsibility and responsibility here means able to respond uh, it falls on each one of us there comes a limit and those of you who have lived a, a little longer and some of you young whippersnappers uh, you know that's true. Finally, this you have to help yourself. And so every step along the way, there is help, but finally, um, it's you. You have to take, learn how to take responsibility for your own life because from moment to moment, we're making choices. And, and it, it, relationship is a very fertile practice. It's not inferior to sitting a three-month retreat. It's not superior either. But... One of the things I noticed, and that's part of why, large part of why we started CIMC, is having sat a lot of at a lot of retreat centers in Asia and here. It's very easy to identify meditation and wisdom with a special place, special time, special clothing, and special out in the country, birds chirping, chirp chirp, and uh, and you can learn a lot there. But inevitably, we're lay people. There's some people, if they live their lives out that way, that's different. We don't. Inevitably, we come back to work, family, school, unemployment, uh, not making enough. It's endless. So we have to, if we see that as an obstacle to practice, then there's a struggle between inner work, when we get the, those wonderful times where we can just sit, and you guys, it was a wonderful sitting, just uh, the sitting we did before, those of you who weren't here. Um, 
I thought there was wonderful silence in the hall, and it was collective. It was nice. Uh, so we have to learn how to take care of ourselves through seeing an, an interest, an interest in the consequences of how we live. It's not so much thinking, although sometimes there's some thought. You pull over to the side of the road. How come I do that over and over again? I know exactly what to not do, and yet I keep doing it all the time. And you have to pause sometimes a certain kind of reflective insight is used. There's, it's actually in the Buddhist teaching, where there's awareness accompanied with a kind of keen uh, interest, and, and words help. At a certain point, words become less and less necessary. The real investigation at the beginning can include words. But finally, uh, there's no need to investigate with words because it's a silent attention to what's happening and it becomes self-apparent. And as you go deeper and deeper, you'll find that you have access to another form of intelligence that is not, not verbal that is not pictorial. Uh, it's in all of us. We don't know it's there. It's intuitive. Uh, and that's why it's an inner journey, but not meant to isolate us, so that we hear someone engage Buddhism. Uh, and so sometimes it sounds like, you're, this is what I was getting at earlier, we're just involved with uh, uh, getting more food to the poor. Wonderful, etc. Those are all wonderful projects. It's not to not do that. And then there are other people who just, they specialize in just in, out, in, out, and watching everything arise and pass away and feel very calm and peaceful. And then they walk outside and they can't stand the people who are walking around. So what uh, is being said here is a bad situation is a good situation. This is a Dharma teaching. I didn't make it up. <laughs> it's a Dharma teaching. A bad situation is a good situation, but only if you use it to learn about yourself. That means you have to be willing to to acknowledge mistakes. You have to, like the human race, says, we've taken a wrong turn. We're so brilliant, and yet we can't live together. The planet gets smaller and smaller, and technology is helping that, and, we, and we're becoming more and more divided. Uh, how are we going to save this planet belongs to all of us? Uh, how, can we, how can we do that if we start creating these ferocious enclaves and so forth. So um, okay, I think you get the drift. So now uh, facing a world in crisis, what I'd like to do is just a few brief remarks, very brief. <laughs> Still so, I know how to make a short story long. <laughs> I'm very good at it. Uh, Ask my wife, when she runs to the bathroom, it's not because she has biological needs. <laughs> so I'm going on a bit long, too. Right. Um, you, well, all of us, whatever is going on now, whether it's, it's whoever got elected, I'm not, I don't want to poison the room by mentioning names, the election, or other things that you're concerned about, war in, in, in the Middle East and in, in, the, in, in the Ukraine area. You know, the news is constantly feeding where there's suffering going on all over the place, refugees and so forth. But it, 
there's plenty of opportunity outside of CIMC. We have a, a, a narrow but unique and precious to me function, which is to get you to look at how all this is having an impact on you and to look at it because if you're just reactive, now when I say reactive, that means uh, you see something on in the news and you, you are angry or you feel despair uh, or with people, of course, actual people in your life, at work, in family, and so forth. Reactive, that comes out of its habit energy. It comes from our past. We can't help ourselves. We've had a history of a certain uh, characterological development and our life experiences. We've been conditioned, to put it in technical terms. The Buddha's teaching is to take us to the unconditioned. It's sometimes called emptiness. It's sometimes called nirvana. Called a lot of names, Buddha nature. But there is a place where um, this is all, it's not out here, and I'm pointing in here, it's not in here either, but language breaks down at a certain point. So we need to be able to tell the difference. When we react, and a reaction is mechanical, it's conditioned, it's like you push a button and this is what happens. You push a button, Coke, and you get Coke. Okay. Um, a response is when we start getting to know our reactions. We start getting to know how conditioned we are, habit energy it's sometimes called, that's been put into us over a lifetime. And we see that our, what our likes, our dislikes, or this or that, it's all, we can't help it. If you're Jewish, you see the Palestinian situation in one way. If you're Palestinian, you see the Jewish situation in a different, Israeli situation in a different way. And if you're willing to look at that, the mind can become clear. Now here's where then, in some questions that people have asked me, and saying, well, how can this help? And I'm saying, no, you have plenty of venues, isn't that a word that's used a lot now? We have plenty of venues, set places to, to, to do things, stuff, talk. I don't know, I hear it, but I'm not sure I know what it means. But uh, to discuss uh, the decisions that are being made uh, politically and economically and, and, and so forth, geo geopolitically, um, there, there, we have plenty of op uh, opportunity for that. Here at this center, right now, because I'm going to stop and open it up to you, what I'm interested in is the personal, if you're more and more learning how to be right, being present in the present moment, you've heard that one for sure, being mindful in the present moment. Anyone ever heard that phrase? It's way past organic now. It's in first place. <laughs> Everything is mindful. People look as confused and distracted as ever, but everyone's mindful. All right. Uh, okay. So... Uh, as you become mindful of yourself, your reactivity, the reactions start losing their potency. Because in the light of awareness, you're not trying to get rid of them. It's not a fight. It's not a struggle. In fact, it's quite opening to it. And as you see it, the energy of seeing merges with the energy of whatever it is, thoughts, emotions, uh, and something changes. Something Awareness is a kind of ma magic. Mindfulness, I'm using them interchangeably right now. And what, it, what happens is uh, things fall away. They change. And in the replaced, in they're replaced by what's always been there. Clear, clarity, silence. 
a clear mind. That clarity, and that's what I, is sometimes called, it's usually called emptiness, shunya, in Buddha, in Buddha Dharma. It's infinite. So, but we, all of you have already tasted it. I know that. In between thoughts, you've had your moments, even if it's just 10 seconds, where you just feel calm and clear. Oh, this is nice. And then the mind starts pumping out, starts going into action again. Okay. So, more and more, um, now, here's where that split between contemplative life and action is a fake one, where it's unnecessary. Because, by all means, get involved in the world. This is the world we live in. If it's politics and you want to do something there, fine. If it's ecology, do something there. If it's health, do something there. Uh, but you have a better chance of making a useful contribution if the mind has cleared itself from all kinds of debris, what in Buddhism is called the, the kilesis, greed, hatred, and delusion, or the mind that keeps wanting, that's aversive or that's confused. It just doesn't see clearly. And seeing clearly is the mother of all of it. So that's The heart of it is vipassana. Seeing without the past or the future, you're, it's just seeing. And you may not, maybe you might say, well, I've been practicing for a while. I haven't tasted that yet. Well, as the awareness can also see itself coloring what it's seeing. And little by little, you'll have moments where it's just so fresh. And, and even if it's something you're seeing or hearing for a uh, hundred thousand times, it's as if for the first time. I have to give the meditation instructions. I have given them. You know, breathe in, breathe out, be aware. You know, you know. Some of you've heard me drone on about this, like a disc jockey. You know, at, late at night. Uh, for the most part, it's fresh for me. Believe it or not. Do you know how many times I've given the breath awareness instructions? I've been doing this for f- almost forty years. Do you know how many, how many, how much, how much times? And mostly, it's fresh. It's for the first time. But sometimes it isn't, and I can re- awareness also helps me feel that. Suddenly I feel, allow the mind to let it, let the breath, and you can feel it's dead. It's it's just an automatic pilot. It's just coming out of memory. It's so it's not the fact that you have to say new things. So it's the the way you receive it, and the the, the mind that's pro- before thinking, that where this is going to. That mind is always fresh. It is not for or against anything. It's not, it doesn't have a particular gender or age or religion. Uh, okay, I'm going to leave it there. So what I'd like, tonight, I'd like to hear what, uh, facing a world in crisis, if whatever is troubling you, it should be about your particular life and in the given moment. So excuse me if I bully you a little bit. But I don't mean to do it in that spirit. So I want, I want you to get to look at your own reactivity so that it loses its power and is replaced by some degree of clarity. We're not waiting until we're, we're perfect to do something useful in the world, if you want to. Okay. Uh, because whatever degree of clarity you come up with, we can't wait for perfection. So you do the best you can with whatever your outside interests are. But we can definitely improve, through awareness, the quality of the seeing and, lear- and attention and learning that comes. You can't get it from a book. Read, all the, read our entire library. I'm the head librarian. 
which means I'm the only librarian. Uh, so I've read a lot of those books until I, until you know, not so much anymore. Um, okay, get my, yes. Wait a minute. Uh, okay, why don't we start? Yes. <laughs>